Today we are going to hear from Yana Connor. She is a member of Summit's downtown Durham campus. Um, Yana is a theologian. She's a writer. Um, she helps write content for Jude 3 Project. She wrote um, one of their curriculums that's called Through the Eyes of Color. She also creates content for Pray March Act. Um, and yeah, Yana just really cares about helping people like find that tension of like going deep with your faith and also engaging the culture. And so, yeah, we get the honor of hearing from her today about how to deny yourself, but also take care of yourself. So give it up for Yana. What's good, y'all? <laughs> um, so right off top, we need to handle some family business um, because the word on the Instagram streets is that your generation, yes, your generation has been talking bad about millennials, um, and I am a millennial. Um, here's the thing, friends. Like, I've been wearing a side part since, like, Aaliyah. I don't know if you know who Aaliyah is, but um, she's an R&B artist, and she used to wear this side part, and then she would, like, swoop her hair in the front over her eye. Rumor was that she had a lazy eye, um, and that's why she swooped her hair like that, but I didn't really care because I just thought it was really cool. So now when I watch middle part, it's just not going to happen for me, and so I just need you to accept um, who I am. Also, um, skinny jeans are great. I don't care what you think about that. Um, however, um, you know what? I can't find a pair of jeans that don't have holes in them um, because of you guys. Um, go to American Eagle is who buys jeans with holes in them? Like, it's just like holes up here, holes down here, all the way around. And I'm like, yo, I got, I'm trying to do my business casual thing and, and all I can find are jeans with holes in them. And so I just need y'all to show us a little bit more love, um, you know, because um, I, I, I like skinny jeans. Um, you're going to always see me in that. And I just can't do the middle part. My hair won't let me. Okay. So we good? We good? Okay. I just had to do that first. So now we can get you know, to prayer and talking about God's word together. So let's pray. Um, Father, thank you so much for your goodness and your kindness towards us. Thank you, Father, um, that we have everything that we need for life and godliness in the knowledge of your son. And so, Father, as we engage in a conversation around self-denial and self-care, I pray, Father, Lord, that you would meet us in a tangible way, Lord, that you would help us to think well about both of these categories and that um, you would show us how we are to live um, in this world um, for you. It's in Jesus' name I do pray. Amen. I recently read an article about self-care, and I was really surprised by what I found. At the beginning of the article, the... Um, the person who wrote it, begins to tell this story about a young lady who had an anxiety attack on a public bus. And she goes into detail about how, you know, uh, uh, she had this rush in her body. She started to feel flush and she's anxious. And it's, I don't know if anybody's ever had an anxiety attack before I have. And it, it feels like you're going to explode and pass out, like all at the same time. Um, and it's, it's a really overwhelming feeling. Um, you feel out of control, and it's a clear sign that there are a lot of plates spinning <laughs> in your life, 
um, that you you can't control. And I think on a even if you've never had an anxiety attack, you can probably you know identify with that feeling, like finals week, right? Like you got all these exams, you got papers due, you're trying to say goodbye to your friends. Well, you know, there's all these things going on, um, and so it's it's a bit chaotic. And so in this in this article, it 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 shares about how this young lady is trying to come down from this anxiety attack that she's having. Um, she's trying to stop it before it comes. So she gets off the bus and she starts to breathe in and breathe out and breathe in and breathe out. Um, but she can't get her body to calm down. And so once again, anxiety wins and she loses. Um, and I'm sure, you know, I feel like that sometimes when I have a lot of things going on in my life and I call home to say, you know, hello to my mom and she's like, hey, stranger. And I'm like, bruh, don't do that to me. Don't. You don't know nothing about my life in North Carolina, you in St. Louis. Um, and she's like, I haven't heard from you in a while. And it makes me feel like I failed, right? Like that here it is, I'm trying to do everything right. You know, I'm trying to be a faithful member at my church. I'm trying to love my friends well. I'm trying to love my neighbors, you know, um, well. I'm trying to do my job, you know, excellent with excellence. And um, I'm still dropping plates. You know, maybe you feel that way when you get that grade that you didn't expect to get, you know, on, on that exam. Or if you're in a relationship and you're, like, spinning all these plates and then your girlfriend or your boyfriend is like, yo, I feel under underappreciated by you. And you're like, I just spent the whole day with you. <laughs> what are you talking about? You feel underappreciated. Um, and so maybe you can identify with that. But one of the things in the article that it said is that this woman went to her therapist and was like, hey, this is what happened. And her therapist was like, let's try some strategies of self-care. Um, and so that's the first thing I want you to know about self-care is that self-care is a therapy strategy that that's what it is. Um, before social media got a hold of it and created it into a whole culture with, you know, self-care face mask and self-care toothpaste and self-care band-aids. These are real things, guys. I'm not, I'm not lying. Like, it's like brushing my teeth is innately self-care. I don't need you to put that on there. You know, like hygiene is just what, what it is. It's kind of like when people came out with gluten-free stuff. It's like rice was always gluten-free, but now you need to tell me that. Thanks, you know. Um, and so it's like, it's, it's a marketing strategy, right? And so self-care is, uh, in and of itself, it's just a, 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 a therapy strategy that's supposed to help people who are dealing with stress. Um, and so this is just straight from, from Google. Um, this, is, this is how self-care is defined. Self-care is a practice of taking an active role in protecting oneself one's well-being um, and happiness, in, and you're doing this in particularly during periods of stress. So that's what it is in and of itself. But then IG got a hold of it, and now it's no longer simply a, a therapy tool, but it has become a whole culture um, and has become a whole brand. And so... Those self-care band-aids are really funny because they are, that's a real thing. Um, <laughs> it reveals that self-care um, and how, how much of a phenomenon that it has come, that it's, it's identifying that there's a, a felt need in our society, right? That people are drawn to it so much and we are drawn to it so much because 
we live in a society where we're overworked, we're constantly taking in information, um, excellence is like the standard, you know. Um, we have parents who have expectations of us, you know, especially if they pay for, for your college education. You know, my mama was like, I want to see the report card. I was like, dang, bro, um, give me some space. Um, and so, yeah, so that, so we live in this culture uh, that is, is fast and is moving um, in a direction of, you know, let's be successful, you know, live my best life, my best life now, be your own boss, you know, start your own business. Y'all probably saw this when uh, quarantine started, right? Um, somebody was like, if you're not doing something phenomenal with this time, then like you're wasting your life. It's like, bruh, can I, I can next, next week and chill. Like it's okay, you know, like to do that um, from, from time to time. And so self-care um, I did some research for you guys, and I just put hashtag self-care into uh, the, the search bar on Instagram, and I was amazed at what I found. And really, my goal was to just try to figure out, like, what, what is the doctrine of self-care? Like, what are, like, the major tenets um, or the major practices of it? Um, because it's just, it's more than rest, right? There's some other things going on in there just to see if they line up with, with the Bible, okay? So you ready? Let's look at this first one. Julie. Okay, thanks. <laughs> so here's the first one, y'all. Um, rest, right? And that makes sense. But the, the theology behind it is an empty tank will take you exactly nowhere, um, take time to refuel. And that's really, like, that's not, nothing's wrong with that, right? Like, yeah, you need to take time to refuel. You need to take time uh, to rest because when you burn out, you're no good to yourself or to anyone else. And so that's kind of how self-care started out, right? Like, take care of yourself so that you can take care of others. And then it started to morph into some other things. Uh, let's go to the next slide. Self-acceptance, right? And so... Um, this is, if you, there's a, an actual, like, research-based article that says that one of the major tenets of self-care is humanization. Um, this, this self-acceptance that, like, hey, I'm a weak person and I make mistakes. And so, here it is. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to have bad days, uh, to be less than perfect, um, to do what's best for you and to be yourself. So self-acceptance, it's okay for you to be not okay, you know, it's okay for you to be weak. We don't necessarily have a problem with that too, right? That, I mean, the Bible says that um, as well. But then let's move along to self-empowerment. Self-care is how you take your power back. And so it's this uh, kind of idea that all of the things around the world are pressing in, right? on you, and when you take a moment to step back and take care of yourself, then you're taking your power back. You're taking your authority back over all of the different things that are pressing in on you. And then the next slide puts it like this, and I deleted the, the, the explicit, um, but we're all adults here. Um, I'm only doing stuff that's going to make me elevate. 
And so somehow self-care has kind of gotten tangled with like self-promotion, right? Or I'm, you know, I can't help you because I got to help myself, you know? And if you're not, you know, going to serve me, then I'm not going to serve you because, I, I mean, that's a waste of my time, right? It, it doesn't help me to reach my goals and my priorities. I got to take care of myself. And then self-empowerment moves to self-affirmations where you're standing in front of the mirror, right? And you're saying to yourself, I am amazing. I can do anything. Um, Positivity is a choice. I celebrate my individuality, and I am prepared to succeed, right? So it's you believing in yourself, believing that everything you need for life <laughs> and living a good life exists within yourself, that you don't need anyone or anybody. This is, this is um, Buddhism, by the way, <laughs> you know, where uh, nirvana, you reach nirvana when you don't need anyone else, right? Everything that you need is within yourself. Comfort, uh, security, uh, love, all of that is within yourself. And so this is the picture, you know, be kind to yourself, speak positive thoughts to yourself. I believe in me even when others don't. But here's the thing, if you can't sing, like, you can't sing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you just, like, 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 if, I t if you can't sing and I tell you that you can't sing, I am, take I am loving you, you know? Because I don't want you out here in these streets, on these stages, on American Idol, in The Voice, thinking that you can sing when you can't, you know? Um, for instance, I, I'm, from, I'm from St. Louis, so every now and again I slip into my country grammar, and it's okay. Um, so uh, <laughs> in prep for this, my roommate, who's a speech-language pathologist, uh, so praise God for that. God's work looking out for me. But I, um, so I say things like library, like, like, like Barry, not library, or however you say it. Um, but I also say um, denial uh, is denial. Like, I don't say denial. Um, so she did some exercises with me before I came. And I'm thankful for that, right? Because I, I say some things incorrectly, and I'm thankful that she tells me that. So I can stand in front of the mirror and say, you know, uh, I say every word perfectly, but if that's not true, that's just, that's just not true. You know, that's a lie, right? So uh, sometimes you don't need to believe um, in yourself when others don't. Um, can you go back to the other slide? Um, I am beautifully unique inside and out. I have purpose in my life, in the lives of those that I impact. Um, I am not a perfect person, and I can accept, accept that. That's okay. You can achieve your goals. Go get what you want. Um, and so self-affirmation, and it gives us this sense of control, right, that no matter what opposition we face, we have the resources within ourselves to overcome them, um, that we, we, we aren't um, living a, la a life of lack, um, but that we have everything that we need within, within ourselves. Let's go to the next one. And that goes into... Um, Positive thinking, I didn't put that in there, uh, but positive thinking. Positive thinking is rooted in this like good vibes only kind of culture. But here's the thing, like we live in a broken world with broken structures and broken people. There are some bad vibes out there. And so good vibes only is kind of like an escape from reality. You know, it's like I'm not, I, 
I don't have time for your bad news today. <laughs> you know, I don't have time for your sad story. Um, I'm gonna put that to the side because good vibes only, you know, positive thinking. If I just think positively, like good vibes are gonna come to me and, and all these things are gonna be okay. But here's the thing, like positive thinking cannot save you from the hardships of this world. It can't save you from, from those things. And then the next thing is um, saying no um, to say yes to self. Um, I love this. Saying no is a form of self-care. I mean, don't that just sound like great? It's like, yes, you know? But when we see messages like that, we need to, like, stop and think about it, <laughs> you know? Like, like saying no, um, can you go back to the next slide, can be the best form of self-care. Well, sometimes saying yes could be the best form of self-care, right? Um, so these aren't, these aren't absolutes um, that, that we should just ascribe um, to. And then the next one is um, put yourself at the top of your to-do list. Now, if that's not anti-Christian, I don't know what is, right? It's Christ first, other second, and then me third. I mean, we learned that at, at Bible camp. You know, like Christ is first, others are second, and we are third. And so here's the thing. There's, there's not necessarily anything totally wrong with these messages. Like there's a, a level of truth in all of them. Um, but here's, here's what the enemy does, right? He, he distorts truth. He gives you a little bit of truth, and then he distorts it right? Um, and he also can't create anything, right? So most of the time, so here's my thing about self-care. Like we, we as believers, we don't need self-care because we have the Sabbath, right? We don't, we don't need self-care because we have the Sabbath. And that's what we're going to get into um, here. And so what the evil one does is he takes the Sabbath, he distorts it into this doctrine of self-care and that all of, but the thing about that is that all of that is about you. All of it is about you. Self-care, self-affirmation, self-empowerment. Like, it's say no so that you can say yes to self, right? And that's why it doesn't line up with what Christ says about losing your life to gain it. But here's the thing. Like, we don't need these messages, like, in order to have acceptance, in order to experience affirmation, and in order to experience rest. God has given us everything we need for life and godliness in his son, in the knowledge of his son, and in his word. He's given us a way to live. He's given us a, a way to pursue rest and to not feel like we have to be everyone's savior, right? Because this is why this stuff is attracted, or attract, attractive to us, because we are burnt out. <laughs> we are overwhelmed. We are tired. And most of the time we come to church, we come to events like this. And what do they cause us to do? They cause us to evaluate where we are in light of where God is calling us to. And sometimes that can be very burdensome. It's like, dang, you know, we do a sermon on prayer. What do we walk away saying? Like, man, I need to pray more. You know, uh, we do a sermon on, you know, how to share, you know, sharing the gospel and who's your one. Man, I got one, but maybe I need to go ahead and, you know, get two. 
<laughs> you know, because there's just so many lost people in the world. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when you make yourself like the center of those things and the source of those things, that's when we get out of whack. Does that make sense? Cool. So in summary, rest, self-acceptance, self-empowerment, self-affirmation, positive thinking, say no to uh, say yes um, to self. Um, and so here's the question that's been posed before us, and I've already answered it. <laughs> but can self-care and Christ's call to deny ourselves coexist? Can the doctrine of self-care coexist with Christ's call to live a life of self-denial? Like, what am I supposed to do when social media is telling me to do away with toxic people, right? But my Bible is telling me to love my enemies, you know, my Bible is saying that when someone slaps me on one cheek, then I offer them the other. Like, how am I supposed to put those things together? And then what am I supposed to do with the fact that Jesus, who knew that Judas was going to betray him, still washed his feet and still allowed him to, like, partake in communion? As to say, yes, Judas, for you too, my body was broken. For you too, my blood will be shed out. Take and eat because of what I'm about to do for you, even the one who betrays me and rejects me, right? Like, so how are we supposed to put these two messages together? And then also, where in the Bible do we see this call to self-love or to self-affirmation? You know, my Bible in Romans 3, you know what my Bible says about me? Whew. I don't like it, but it say it. Um, in Romans 3, this is what my Bible says about me. <laughs> it says that I'm not righteous in any way, shape, or form. It says that I do not understand, that I do not seek God. It says that I have turned away from him and have become worthless. It says that no one is good, so it's talking about you now, too, um, and that, and that we all together, our throats are like an open grave, that we deceive with our tongues, that uh, we have venom under our lips, that our mouths are full of cursing and bitterness, that our feet are swift to, to shed blood and ruin and wretchedness are in our path, and that the path of peace we do not know, that there is no fear of God before our eyes. This is what our Bible says about us, like, Self-affirmation, I am great. Nah, because you're not. You're not. Um, <laughs> I recently was like, you know why we pray in Jesus' name? Because our name is trash. <laughs> like, like, our name is literal trash. We have done nothing to earn an audience with God in prayer. Christ is the reason why we can go to God in prayer. And so... These, let's be real, the reason why we're even having this conversation is because these messages don't sit well with us. When you're scrolling and you're taking it in, you're like, ah, it sounds good, but I don't know if, if that's true. I don't know if that's true, if that's what I need to take, take in. Because the truth is, is that I'm not in control. The truth is, is that I'm not that great. Um, and that good vibes only, like, it's just escapism, um, and that I need to interact with the bad things that are happening around me. 40% of the book of Psalms is lament. 
like lament. It's not praise. Praise is a small percentage of the book of Psalms, which means that we need to learn how to lament and to cry out when, when things are bad. So the two just don't mix. Um, but I, I think that these things are attractive um, to us. And so what do, we, what do we replace them with? So we replace rest, this call to rest that Instagram and the world is providing our, you know, um, giving to us with Sabbath. We replace self-acceptance with acceptance in Christ, self-empowerment with the truth that I have access to God through Christ, self-affirmation with preaching the gospel to myself, the whole gospel, not just the part where we get to Christ, (laughs) but the, the Romans 3 part 2, right? That I am not enough, that I am sinful in need of a Savior. Positive thinking for faith, and then saying no to say yes to self for say no to say yes to God. All right, let's walk through those together. Observe the Sabbath. Um, so stay hydrated, you know, um, and observe the Sabbath. I love this uh, where Jesus says these words. He says, the Sabbath was made for humans and humans not for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for you, right? God knows how he created you. He knows that you have limits. I love how in Psalms 103, it says, God remembers that we are dust. He remembers that we fall short. He remembers that we make mistakes. He is completely aware of that. The the problem is, is that we often forget that, right? We often forget that we are made of dust and that we have limits and that we can't pull all-nighters and then, you know, expect to lead Bible study the next day or, you know, uh, be able to have, you know, lunch with, with whatever person we're sharing the gospel with or whatever. We can't run on fumes, right? We're not God. We're not God. We're not sovereign, um, we, we don't have all power in our hands. Uh, we, we are humans. And because we are humans, God has created the Sabbath for us. Now, I know that there's a lot of talk about like, you know, that was like Old Testament. We don't need to do the Sabbath anymore. Okay, cool. Let me, let me ask you this. How many of the Ten Commandments, like, do you think still apply? Still can't kill. <laughs> Still can't commit adultery. Don't you? Don't do it. <laughs> you know, like, like how do the all the other nine still apply, right? But this one, we just we just throw it, throw it away, and so it it still applies in 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 my in my box. <laughs> it still applies. You can think differently. It's fine. Um, just have a good argument for it. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, I think like, so yeah, we need the Sabbath. It was created for us and and more than a command, it's a gift, right? It's a gift to come and rest, you know, by the, you know, the still waters. It's a gift to accept that you don't have everything within yourself to meet the needs of everyone around you. There's this song, um, 
Y'all, y'all young, but it's like an iconic song, so I still have really high standards for you knowing what it is. Um, but the song is I'm Every Woman. Heard it, right? Lies from the pit. <laughs> I get so mad when I'm like at a, at a part, uh, someplace where they're dancing. I don't know. Um, it's usually a wedding. And then that woman, that song comes on and then all the girls are out on the It's a lip. And I'm like, the lies, you know, <laughs> like it's not all in you. She's literally saying she can anticipate her man's needs. Anything you want to, baby, I can do it naturally. No, you can't. <laughs> Shoot. Can barely love Jesus naturally. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, so, <laughs> so yeah, we need to take off those those messages and take off these standards that we put on ourselves and remember that we are only dust and that we have limits and that God has gifted us with the Sabbath to rest. Now, maybe you're like, I don't know much about the Sabbath. I don't know how to do that. Two things I want to offer to you. One is there is a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Um, If you don't like reading, there is a podcast that is associated with that called uh, Fight, Hustle, and In Hurry. Um, and I'm so thankful for those guys because the two guys who lead the, the podcast, because they're trying to get us to accept this gift of Sabbath that God has given us to rest. And so for me, for Sabbath, what that looks like is I don't schedule anything, not even fun things. I just don't schedule anything because I just need a day where I can just like flow at my own pace. And it's about me doing things that bring that I'm able, that allow me to delight in the gifts of God. Um, And so I like food, so I eat really good food on the Sabbath. Um, I also like being outside, so I sit outside and I delight outside. If I have, you know, if I feel like getting together with a friend, I get together with them and I delight in them. Yeah, I read my Bible, I pray, you know, all those kinds of things. Might go for a run, you know, well, let's be honest, a walk. Um, (laughs) And so, but I do things that, because running don't delight me, Um, it's not a delightful exercise, Um, but um, doing things that cause me to delight in God and just rest. I don't check my email. Sometimes I don't even have my phone, you know. I just have to tell my mom that I'm putting my phone away because she's a little protective. Um, And so, so yeah, so that's observe the Sabbath, observe the Sabbath. The second one is to remember your acceptance in Christ. Because like we said, the truth is, is that you are trash. You in and of yourself are trash. But here's the good news. Colossians uh, 3 says that our lives have been hidden in Christ. You know what that means? It's like, here's your trash self, and then here's Christ's righteous self. And so when God looks at you, he doesn't see your trash self. He sees Christ. And so we are enclosed in Christ. And so because of that, like, we have acceptance. So I don't want you to just be like, I'm accepted because God loves me. God, you're accepted because of your position in Christ. Christ is your means of acceptance. And so in Romans 5.1, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We once had beef with God because of our sin, and now we have peace with God. 
And Christ's acceptance of you, God's acceptance of you, is, is literally the most important acceptance that you need to experience in life. The, the problem is, is that we know this, we know this up here, right? But we have yet to place value on it. We still are placing value on what we think about ourselves over what God thinks of us. We're still placing value on what other people think of us versus what God says of us. And so it's not necessarily that we need to learn this truth. It's just that our values need to shift, right? Whose voice is going to be the most important voice in my life? If God says that in Christ we have peace and that I am accepted, is that enough? Or do I need to add something to that? Do I, do I need God's acceptance plus my mama's acceptance? <laughs> you know, do I need God's acceptance plus this banging career so that I can have the acceptance of my peers and like, you know, flex on Instagram? Like, what, what is it? You know, what's the thing that you're adding to it? Um, and make less of that and make more of what God has said. Because God accepts you, flaws and all, in Christ. Let's go to the next one. And so this one is in response to self-empowerment. I have access to God through Christ. You have access to the almighty God through Christ. You don't have to empower yourself, okay? Um, I remember, uh, what was it, a couple of years ago, uh, Pastor J.D. preached this sermon for uh, Christmas at EPAC. Have y'all ever been to Christmas at EPAC? I don't know if that like really works with your, your rhythms. Okay. Christmas at Deepak is dope. Okay. Um, and so I'm there and he's like preaching. He preaches different for Christmas at Deepak. I don't know what that's about, but he does. Um, and there was this point where he talked about how God is enough. God is enough. And I remember reflecting on that later and having to come to this place because one of the the biggest hurdles for me in life has been this, this thing, this, this truth that I am not enough, right? Um, and it's become a way in which I, like, see myself, um, and it becomes this thing that, like, fuels me, like, to be perfect, you know, and all this, this bad stuff. And you'll see stuff on social media that says, you know, say to yourself, I am enough. Well, here's the truth. You're not. You're not enough. You're dust. You are dust. But even though we aren't enough, God is enough. And that's more than what we'll, we'll ever need. What's, what's some folks' name? Maverick, they just came out with them, that song, Jaira. Banger, okay? <laughs> and then they say, Jaira means like God provider, and then it says you are enough, more than enough. Like, yeah, that's it, you know? Uh, God is enough. And so though I am helpless, I am never without help. God is near. God delights to be our helper. He literally takes joy in that. He names himself, I am your helper, right? Um, there's an old hymn, um, and it, it, there's this line in it. It says, oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Like, we have access to the almighty God. So we don't need our own power. We have his power. And by his spirit, he empowers us to live. Next slide. Preach the gospel to yourself. So instead of, you know, standing in front of that mirror, speaking, you know, self-affirmations over yourself, get on your knees and preach the gospel to yourself. Get on your knees and preach the gospel. 
to, to yourself. Remind yourself that, yes, though I am wicked, I am forgiven. Though I messed up again, the Bible says that, you know, those who confess their sins, he is faithful and just to cleanse them of their sin. And not only cleanse them, but to, to lead them in the path of righteousness, right? He cleanses, cleanses us and he guides us, right? And so instead of self-affirmations, preach the gospel to yourself. Here are some passages that I used to do that. Ephesians 1 through 3. I remember being a student on a summer mission. I know y'all got summer missions coming up. Woo! Um, and this summer mission, it was at Virginia Beach. And, excuse me, I worked at Wendy's, like eight-hour shifts at Wendy's. And the goal of the summer project was that we would learn how to share the gospel with um, our coworkers. And I remember having like a really bad day. Like, I think I came home, like my shoes were busted. Like I had grease all over my pants. I was just tired. And um, I don't know what my face looked like, but it, it apparently wasn't pleasant <laughs> because one of the staff members was like, yo, Yana, when I'm having a bad day, I go read Ephesians 1 and 3. I go preach the gospel to myself. And so take some time memorize Ephesians 1 through 3. Memorize some sections of it, you know, so that you can be preaching the gospel to yourself daily. Romans 3 through 5 gives us the whole thing, right? You are sinful, wretched, but Christ has made you uh, right with God. He is justified with you with God. You have peace, right? And so those verses are good too. And then we could even go to, you know, a narrative um, where Jesus and the, the woman who comes to him, um, at the Pharisee's house, you know, and washes Jesus' feet. And then the Pharisee is like, yo, if you knew what kind of woman that was, you know, you wouldn't be washing her feet. Father, help me not to be like that Pharisee, right? Help me to be like this woman who recognizes her sin, recognizes her need for forgiveness and comes to you and thank you that you are a God who forgives and, say, and says to me, go and sin no more. Um, and then Lamentations, I've been doing a Bible study with Lamenta on Lamentations for a while. And it's like the bad news <laughs> that really sets up the gospel well. And so um, you, can, you can preach the gospel from yourself, to yourself, from wherever you are um, in, in Scripture. And then the, the, the next one is for, in response to positive thinking, is that because we are Christians, we live by faith. We don't live by positive thinking. We live by faith. Romans 1.17, it says that the righteous live by faith. So positive thinking is usually like rooted in you, right? I can do it. You know, it's going to be the best day ever. I'm going to make it happen. Carpe diem, X, Y, and Z, right? I can, I can move the universe, right, to, to work in my favor. Faith is not rooted in me. Faith is rooted in God. Faith is rooted in the character of God, that even when bad things happen, that I can trust that God is faithful. Even when God is, you know, that I can trust that God is with me, right? That I'm never alone. On my darkest of days, God is with me, right? So I don't need positive thinking. I just need faith. And I have faith, right? And I'm not talking about you got to have, like, big faith, because what is that? <laughs> you know, like, like um, faith isn't about how much we have. Faith, faith is about what we put it in, right? So I don't have to have a whole lot of faith in order for my faith to, to have worth or value. Like, no, my faith has value because of who I put it in. 
And so I put my faith in Christ. I don't put my faith in positive thinking. I don't put my faith in self-affirmations because I know that's not going to get me anywhere. I put my faith in God. And then lastly, say no to self to say yes to God. So the other version is say no to self in order to say no to others or say no to say yes to self. But I'm saying say self shouldn't be in there, my bad. Say no to say yes to God. And I think this is what help us, helps us to live into this tension of like rest and Sabbath and self-denial, right? Because I don't say no just so that I can get some extra free time, you know, or so that I can take a nap. I say, I say no because that's the best thing for me to do in order to bring glory to God. It might be to take a nap, <laughs> you know, but I'm not... The motivation isn't to serve myself, but it's to serve the Lord, right? So when I pull back and rest, it's in obedience to the Lord, not because that's what I think that I need, you know? It's because that's what I'm sensing that I need to do in order to bring glory to the Lord. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, There's this phrase that I like to live by. Um, It's called Coram Deo. It's a Latin phrase um, that's C-A-R-O-M, Deo. Um, And it's it's an old reformed phrase, and it says what it means is to live before the face of God, under his authority, and for his glory. And, And that's really what all of life is. We live all of life before God's face. And so we need to be less concerned about other people's faces and more concerned about God and his face because that is the face that we live before and that's the face that we're going to be accountable to, right? Uh, and then I live under his authority. So this is why I, don't, I can't get down with self-care, <laughs> you know, because I don't want social media and uh, untrained therapists, <laughs> you know, who uh, have now branded self-care to be shaping my worldview, I want God and his word to be shaping my worldview. Um, and so I don't need self-care when I have the Sabbath. I don't need self-affirmation when my identity is rooted in Christ, right? Um, God has given me everything that I need um, for, self, uh, for, for uh, life and godliness. And so I say, no. Oh, there it is. Yeah, so it's not self-care. It's Sabbath. It's Sabbath. Um, here's the thing about Sabbath. Even when we're on Sabbath, there are going to be moments, right, where, where our Sabbath is interrupted, you know? And we have the freedom to say yes to it, right? Because we don't want to be like Pharisees, right? I can't do nothing on the Sabbath. Can't even, you know, take my neighbor to the grocery store. Well, if your neighbor needs food, go take them to the grocery store, you know? <laughs> like if somebody needs a ride to church, you can get up 15 minutes early, you know, like, like to take them. Because remember, you're no longer your motivation for self-denial. God is your motivation um, for, for self-denial. So, yeah. Now, I don't want to, like, come off as though, like, I'm throwing all of self-care in the trash. I think what this cultural moment is, is revealing to us is that, we're doing too much, you know? And that's why it's so, so appealing um, to us. So I'm thankful 
that it's, it's, it's exposing us in this way. But I, what I want us to do is to learn how to filter not only this message, but other messages that, that um, social media is throwing at us in order to like really determine, like, does this line up with God's word? You know, is this a true statement or is it a false statement? You know, is there a little bit of truth in it? What can I take from it? What do I need to throw away? Right. So we don't we don't throw away culture. We just we just engage with it differently. We engage with it through a biblical worldview. Um, my grandmother used to tell me, you know, Yana, the best way to uh, recognize a lie is to know the truth. And so the more I'm spending time in this word and more I am spending in community with other believers and allowing them to shape um, the way that I see things, like I'm able to not fall into the trap of self-care and, and take up what Christ has already offered us um, in his word. So um, any questions? We got about 15 minutes, right? We got 15 minutes. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one, I think, just like, just in the same way, I, th- I love your question. Thank you for asking that. Um, so my, the way that I do Sabbath is going to look different from how somebody else do, does Sabbath. So I just want you to know there's some individuality to this. And so even my weekly rhythms are going to look different from other people's rhythms. Um, some of the things that, that I, I do, one, I go to bed at 10. Just go to bed at 10. Um, because, you know, science tells me that humans need about seven to eight hours of sleep, you know? And so, um, and because I do struggle with anxiety, sleep is, like, essential for me. So I go to bed at 10. Um, I also try to break up with my phone around seven. So that's my way of distancing myself from taking in information, I don't need to know what the whole world is doing. You do know that you were not created to know what everybody in the world was doing. You know, like, just, like your brain wasn't created for that. Um, and so I try to break up with my phone at a certain time, put it in a hidden place, turn it off, whatever. I'll get to it in the morning. And that also helps me to realize, like, you know, because I'm like, but what if there's an emergency, you know, or what if somebody needs me? It's like, well, I'm saying, I'm saying no to my phone, Right, so that I can say yes to God, so that I can function as a human, right, within my limits. And so I put my phone um, away. Everybody doesn't do that. Everybody can't do that. But that's one thing that that I do. Um, I make it a priority to spend time in the Word and journaling daily. Um, Journaling allows me to process what I'm feeling and what I am thinking. Um, it helps me to get all the stuff in here out of my head and on paper. And so, uh, yes, being in the Word is helpful, but journaling is like the thing for me. I have one friend, she walks and talks, literally like, just like out loud, walks and talks, because that helps her to get it out of her head and, you know, and all of that. And so you have to find what works for you um, that helps you to process like your emotions that allows you to slow down, that creates space. For you, it might just be during lunchtime, I'm not interacting with people. If you are an introvert, you, you've got to spend time by yourself, you know? Like, you just got to do that. Don't let anybody make you feel bad about that. 
just because people made me feel bad about that all my life. <laughs> but that is the way that God's made you, you know? And so you've got to spend time by yourself. If you're an extrovert, maybe it's talking, getting coffee with a friend, you know, once a week to talk through stuff. Maybe that's the way that you do your processing because you're a verbal processor, you know? But figuring out what those rhythms are for you and then making sure that they are part of your week. So what I do is on Sunday, I sit down and I kind of think through all my categories, you know, um, uh, mind, uh, like what do I need to do to take care of my mind this week? Um, what do I need to do to take care of myself spiritually this week, emotionally this week, relationally this week? Um, what resources do I have in order to, to take care of those things? Um, and then also um, what are like priorities? Like if I don't get these things done, like it's going gonna, it's gonna to be bad, <laughs> you know, because um, deadlines, deadlines matter. So is that helpful? Okay. Any more questions? That's a great question. Because um, I'm an introvert, but I also like to process with people. Um, and so one of the ways that I've done it, and it's kind of like a, a gut check in the moment, um, is, is this something that I need to process with God first before I go to someone? And I'll be honest, because I'm an anxious person, it's like, no, I got to do this now. I got to do this now. I got to get this done, you know, now. And so sometimes I allow like anxiety to, um, to cause me to not wait and kind of struggle, <laughs> you know, because I want conclusions, I want resolve. And so um, having to, in those moments, trust God and like pull, pull back. But then there are other times when I, I do need some help processing. And so in those moments, then it's like, okay, I process with this person. Now what do I need to go and talk to God about? You know, they helped me to identify these things, but now what do I need to go talk to God about? And so those are just, like, habits I have for myself, you know? And I'm always asking myself the question, or maybe I should say the Spirit is always asking me this question. Are you talking to God about these things as much as you're talking to people? Um, and if there's, you know, the levels ain't right, you know, then then trying to to manage that. But that's like an in-the-moment gut check. Um, but I do have kind of like those standards for myself. It's a great question. Yes, ma'am? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think there's, I would say two things for that, um, particularly around like your classwork. Um, and as, as, a, as a writer, I have deadlines that are like that too. Um, here's what I'm learning is that I don't have to work up until the deadline. <laughs> I can get it done sooner, right? You get it done sooner so that I can say yes to the Sabbath, right? And so I prioritize getting it done before the deadline sometimes so that I can have that 24-hour break. Um, however, like for me, like my growth into the Sabbath was, was, was over time. So it might be like I stop doing work on Friday at 5, and then I go until about 2 on Saturday because that's when I was in seminary. And so, um, and then I would do work in the afternoon um, or I would take a half day um, and kind of like do the things that sort of energize me and, and 
allow me to delight in God and enjoy him and, th- and the things that he's created um, and then go back to work for the, ha- the, the rest of the half of the day. So, um, yeah, if you might have to grow into it and figure out what works for you. Like, the Sabbath was a huge shift for me. It did not come natural. You know, the first day I turned my phone off for the whole day, I was like, ah, I need my phone. <laughs> you know, I need to know what's going on. And then one of my friends was, like, with me and in a group text message, and they were just firing away. And I was like, dang it, I'm going to turn my phone on. I'm going to have 200 text messages. Like, that's going to be, like, overwhelming. Um, and so it was something I had to grow, grow into. So start, you know, maybe it's like, I'm going to not schedule anything until 11 and then, you know, go from there. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I'll, so for me, what has helped me, uh, is memorizing scripture, um, and the reason why that has helped me is because it allows me to meditate on that truth. However, if you're an artist, um, you're going to meditate differently, right? Maybe painting or drawing something, uh, calligraphy, you know, maybe that's going to help you meditate on that. If you write poetry, if you, um, you know, like maybe writing a poem about it, Doing things that allow those truths to get in the si- inside of you um, is what I would recommend. Even if it's like I need to write, like I need to read this book, you know, that that talks about who I am in Christ. And then I need to write a journal entry, you know, on it. Or I need to write a book review because that's how I learn. You know, it's OK if you're a nerd. I'm a nerd, too. You know, and so doing things that allow you to meditate on on truths um, because the thing is, is like, it, it, it's the goal is to to replace the meditation on thoughts of self hatred, right? And so, and then to meditate on on God's truth. And for me, scripture memorization has been the best thing for that. And I'm not talking about like memorizing massive amount of scripture. Um, for instance, I struggled for. Um, uh, a, a bit of time of just feeling like God was not with me. And so I memorized a verse from Ephesians 2 that um, says, like, though we were once afar off, we have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And so in those moments where I felt alone or that God wasn't with me, I'd be like, Father, thank you that this is more true. That even though I don't feel it in this moment, what's true is that I've been brought near to you by the blood of Christ. Um, and that's another thing, too, that helped me to move from, from asking for things that God's already given me to giving thanks to God for it. You know, Father, help me not to feel alone. Well, wait a second, Father, thank you that I'm not alone. Like, that's what's true. Um, and so, so yeah, um, that's what's helped me, particularly even um, Ephesians chapter 3, that, that um that prayer at the end helped me to know the the height, the depth, the length of your love um, for me in my inner person. It's crazy that we got to pray for help to know God's love, but but we do, but we do. Mm-hmm. 